Welcome to the Past Forward Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Santa. It's so lovely that we could have you oh, here as our special guest. Oh, yes. oh wait. Hyped uh, in from the North Pole. Yeah, I, he disappeared, though. He's gone. Welcome to the Past Forward Podcast. Episodes, we're episode six? Yeah. Episode six, Whoa. Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one's That's not a, a technical like subtitle, it. but right. I feel one. like it's an appropriate Christmas movie. As you probably have guessed, this is our Christmas special. Mm-hmm. As always, I'm joined with Colin Harmon. Uh, kind regards. And Wes Allen. It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we are very excited for this one. We're going to talk about all of our favorite Christmassy things. Uh, welcome back, by the way. I hope you enjoyed our last episode. We talked all about 90s music, and man, we did talk about it. We just scratched the surface of it, had my sister on as a guest, and we have we could probably talk for a whole other few hours about all, this, all the songs and bands that we love from the 90s. So we'll have future episodes about that. If you liked it, if you hated it, I'm sorry, but there, there will be more uh, music episodes as well as TV-centric, movie-centric. We have lots of plans in store for the future. We're not going anywhere. But first things first, as I said, we're doing... Christmas, everything Christmas, and I know right off the bat, the like number one Christmas question everybody asks about one's childhood is, what was your favorite Christmas movie? And I know we kind of talked about this before we started the podcast, and I I felt like we should at least touch on this. So uh, sure. let's let's mention um, our, our favorite Christmas movies. Now we're going to talk about our good, bad, and ugly of Christmas a little bit later in the podcast, but I just let's just off the top of our heads uh, mention some Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, my absolute 100% favorite Christmas movie is The Santa Claus. I can almost quote it mm. top to bottom without any prompting, which is embarrassing and awesome, I think. Um, and thankfully, my wife actually enjoys that rather than it being like a complete chore or <laughs> watch movie. She's like, knows the line is coming and she'll look over at me and be like, waiting for me to say it first. So that's a good positive. <laughs> I actually appreciate that. Yeah. Not every movie, just The Santa Claus. Does uh, this look like a little bit of weight to you? <laughs> <laughs> Compact disc. Like I'm retaining on water. Forty pounds in a week. That's a great man. What a run Tim Tim Allen had in the nineties, right? Oh yeah, gosh, he ruled the nineties between Home Improvement and everything else that he did. Yeah, and all over screen. Was that his first movie? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think it was the first one. But I mean, it was. I think it was. No, maybe I don't know. Did uh, what was it? Jungle to Jungle? Did that come after? That's what I was thinking. I think it came after. That was ninety eight. I think. Yeah, nerds. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was. I don't know, but I thought he did a great job in it overall. I mean, it was. Kind of just Tim Allen being Tim Allen, only it was longer oh, yeah. form I mean, than Home Improvement. You had to have the grunt for the Santa Claus ho-ho-ho. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it definitely was his like first movie after the Home Improvement exploded. Yeah. And oh, yeah. like was number one show on television. So. Yeah. Which actually, which is crazy. I just watched it this weekend because I'm an adult. Right. And uh, <laughs> I've definitely not bought that on iTunes. I totally have. Uh, the There's a scene in it. I've watched it probably 50 times now. And you know the scene where uh, it's at Charlie's soccer game, and they've all lined up. All these kids have lined up to you know tell Santa yeah, what to go yeah. for Christmas, even though he's oh, not yeah. actually Santa yet. I saw for the first time that in that scene, one of the elves is in that scene, standing behind the bench, like kind of organizing the children. Are you serious? And I was like, how have I missed this the wow. first 50 sometimes I've watched movies? I remember <laughs> that scene. I don't remember any right? elf or anybody so organizing. So now you know when you go and see the Santa Claus, you know, as you go see it on the silver screen because they're having comebacks, I wish. Um, <laughs> Look for that scene because it's definitely yeah. in there. There's yeah, like a little elf sense, girl that's in there later. Yeah, yeah, there's always an elf like following around, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, Wes, what do you have? Uh, probably the one that like I cannot contain myself all year long, and like as soon as it hits Thanksgiving, I want to watch it. It's Home Alone, and mm. I, I quote that movie all year long. Of course, and it's like the most quotable movie for me, and it just uh, it just hits that sweet spot of nostalgia and just comedy and just all of that. So good, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. That one's certainly not on the level of Santa Claus as far as great for everyone. No. But at the same time, yeah. I do feel like as a parent, I'm trying to put myself in the parent's shoes at that time, taking them to this kid's movie. It's – yeah, it's crazy. It's very like unbelievable, wacky. But I, I still get the feeling even watching it as an adult like yeah, this is a solid movie. Like yeah. it's still heartwarming. Mm-hmm. It's got a good message to it. 
And even though you're doing these things to these guys that would kill them in real life – and uh, oh, yeah. I think you don't every, want to teach your kids to do it to other people. It's still. I think like, every time when they do like a booby trap, is like dead, dead. You're dead. You're yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay. Well, mine actually is not a kids' movie at all. But for some reason, my parents watched it with us as kids, and that's La- National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Um, <laughs> One of the greatest yeah. comedies of all time. Yes, yeah. and it's so funny. Of all the things my parents didn't let us watch, they still let us watch some things that yep. probably – Yeah, like, same for me. Yeah, yeah we so just random. like – you watch it again and you're like, you really let us watch this? And it's not that it's a dirty movie by any means, but it still has its moments of like profanity yeah. and like sexual innuendo and – And yeah. the F word. <laughs> and yeah. the F word. And, and that was one thing that I feel like Christmas Vacation – I don't know if you guys watched all the other Vacation movies. Uh, but yeah. this one, oh, yeah. you know, Christmas Vacation yeah. had a different director and I can go way down that way. But – uh, he actually didn't even watch all the other ones for reference at oh, all. Like he had wow, never really? seen them prior to making that one because he wanted his to kind of stand alone, which obviously it did. It's the one that we all kind of gravitate toward. Yeah. And what was different about his is it didn't have like the girl in the red Ferrari mm-hmm. and it didn't have like any like actual nude scenes, which I know is like a good thing. But right. people like actually gave him a lot of heat for that. Like, oh, he weren't true to the whole National Lampoon's type <laughs> thing, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, I remember going back and watching – the actual full version of Christmas Vacation versus mm-hmm. like the TBS version that I'd probably taped as a kid and watched over and yeah. over again. And it was a little bit more risque and obviously the language is more colorful. Right. But overall, I'm like – And they still had the pool scene of him like yeah. looking out and imagining – I think it is Christy Brinkley, right? Or is it just a different woman like jumping into the is. pool? Um and then it turns into Cousin Eddie. Yeah, I don't know if it was her or not. And that's where I – I mean for me. But I feel like there's a lot of things like – in that movie that made that one really unique, made it more family-friendly because it kind of has, like, so many different age groups in it. Like, everybody has that weird grandparent Mm -hmm. and everybody has that weird uncle and everybody has the weird kids that are cousins that you're like, yeah, that's the cousin, but I've never talked to them in my life and then maybe they did fall in a well and that would explain so much. Like, we all kind of have that family (laughs) dynamic that I think it just had a really weird, relatable point. And then there's just, like, the magic dad that's kind of the Phil Dunphy of his day that wants to make Christmas magic. And Cousin Eddie, too. I mean, Randy Quaid, for all the stuff that oh, uh, we give him. I mean, he plays a great, crazy, redneck he does. cousin. Um, just fantastic. It's a hilarious, hilarious movie. And we watch it still every year. As I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. must. Julia Louise-Dreyfus as the neighbor, too. Oh, that's a really right. really random yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was really good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she was great. Yeah. Okay, so... Now I want you to think back into your childhood every Christmas, okay. thinking of walking in and you know seeing presents under the tree, mm-hmm. or if your parents were like mine, in my case, walking out and seeing your presents unwrapped just in a certain section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my parents did that too. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's better or worse, but we loved it. Yeah. And, you know. Anyway, so think back to those times and think about whether you received it or not. That gift you hoped would be there when you walked in. Hmm. What is that one toy or whatever it was, that one thing you wanted as a kid? Really, really bad. Think Red Ryder BB gun. Of hmm. uh, my childhood. Hmm. I can think of two. I guess my first one would be uh, – the Connects roller coaster. Did you ever have? Oh, that? Yeah. oh man! Yeah. I remember like that big elaborate thing. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I remember like genuinely lusting after that at a certain <laughs> point, like way beyond what the Bible would say is allowed. <laughs> and just thinking like, if I had a roller coaster that I built in my house, it would be awesome. And I remember actually getting it and like losing my mind and not even opening the rest of the presents. I felt like I probably did, um, but I remember going like into the other room and pouring it all into the floor, and being like, oh. There's thousands of pieces. <laughs> and so my Uncle Mike actually helped me build the entire thing. And even between the two of us, it still took us like five and a half hours to Gosh, assemble I, the entire I bet. thing. I don't yeah. doubt that. Yeah. And uh, there's two different ways you could build it and all stuff like that. So I remember getting that and just being so ecstatic. I remember like writing little weird notes and leaving them around my house and being like, maybe Santa will bring this to me and that kind of thing. <laughs> and leaving it in places that my parents would conspicuously find it or putting it on the fridge as like a picture of it that I cut out of like the Toys R Us catalog that came. <laughs> And uh, just being, you know, as subtle as humanly possible, haha. Um, but really, 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 really wanting that. I remember one of my friends had that, and like, I didn't really even like him that much. But sometimes I would go to his house just to like <laughs> play with that roller coaster. Maybe thing. that's why I had so many friends. When I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a friend that I used for toys too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was definitely one of mine. I think the other one, which is a more brief, but uh, in the same way, I really wanted a Haro Blamo BMX bike. 
Hmm. And I wanted it because I had watched Destination Extreme and the X Games a ton. And Dave Mira, who was like my hero yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miracle wrote, Man. Yeah. Yes. He rode the Haro Blamo in Destination Extreme and X, and the X Games. And nice. I wanted that bike so bad. Well, I couldn't afford the whole thing. So I remember I was like, fine. I'll ask my parents for just the frame and the forks. And so they got me that, and it took me like another seven months to save all the money to actually build the rest of the bike and put it together. Nice. Which I, I think it's still at my parents' house hanging on the wall, which is pretty funny in the garage. But I remember like slaving over like coming up with weird jobs I could do for my parents to buy wheels and then like sending cash in the mail to some BMX Plus magazine just to get wheels back and then like getting hubs and handlebars and all this weird stuff. And it was like the gift they kept on giving were really taking my money. Uh, for like the next six to seven months as I tried to put the bike together. And nice. It was a really good one. I remember like that being the huge start of like, well, now I've got the frame. Yeah. I got to build the rest of it. Like it was like all my money went to it for forever after wow. that point. So, so then what, when it was finally completed, was it everything you imagined it to be? Uh, well, there was parts of it that I ended up having to spend double because I was the person that assembled it. So like having to redo mm-hmm. uh, some of the cranks because I didn't know what I was doing when I was assembling that. Right. You know, I was like a seventh or eighth grader. Uh, so that was one that I had to redo and ended up spending more money there. But ultimately, I rode it a ton. Like, yeah. It was my transportation far before I could drive all over the place, and it was a lot of fun. So I a picture of that. Did you morning. do at least one backflip? I did, and uh, I did not do well. What we ended up oh, doing it's... is building a, uh, a big ramp that went into a pond, and uh, <laughs> that's how we practiced. And then one time I got really zealous, and I was like, I've been into the pond hundreds of times. I'll do it under the dirt. Broke it. Yeah, oh. it did not go great and super face planted. And... So that's why you're in a wheelchair now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the left side of my face doesn't work. <laughs> oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just lazy half the time. Uh, no, but I did try it a few times and I used to do so many dumb tricks on it that I'd fall down. And I did, it, I did break my collarbone on Oof. that bike. I got yeah. a lot of stitches from that bike. I have a lot of weird injuries yeah. from that one. But I was always too fun. cautious as a kid. I had friends that would build ramps and stuff. And yeah. I would help them build it, but I would never ramp. I would never go and actually do it. I would oh, just watch yeah. them do it. Me and my brother built tons of ramps and dirt jumps in the backyard and across the street in the weird field across from our house and all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff. It was a lot of fun. Mm. All right, Wes, what you got? Uh, I was probably about four years old probably. I absolutely loved the the cartoon Real Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. And like, that was the, like the first show I really remember watching a ton. It was like pre-Ninja uh, Turtles and all that stuff. But I remember, I, I guess I saw commercials for it, or, and uh, it was the Ghostbusters Proton Pack. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I remember seeing it like in the Sears uh, Christmas catalog. Do you remember getting those things? They mm-hmm. were like, the oh, si- yeah. They were the size of like a phone book. And like, uh-huh. that was the, kind of my Christmas yeah, That was kind of like my Christmas list. I wouldn't write out one, I would just take that and just circle stuff. And I wouldn't get half of it, mm-hmm. you know? And, but yeah. And, uh, I, I would wear like a Bugs Bunny plastic mask on my back pretending that it was a proton pack <laughs> and I would like fall asleep with it on and all this stuff. I just wanted it so bad and I remember waking up that, that Christmas morning and it being there and, and like what you said, like I don't remember opening anything else no. and uh, I wore that and I my family has pictures of me like I fell asleep on the, the floor <laughs> because I spent all day with it on my back and – uh, I don't know. It was just a, a beautiful sight to see that Christmas morning. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, and it came with like a PKE meter and all this kind of stuff. Oh and God. it had like a styrofoam, like, uh, you know, the little laser that comes out of the the proton pack. It had yeah. like a styrofoam yellow thing. And I remember that thing like breaking. It was terrible. But yeah, that was like my like main Christmas thing. And uh, my family always brings up that story about me like falling asleep with it. That's funny. That stuff. That's adorable. Like it was exactly that end scene of Christmas story of him like falling asleep with the BB gun and yep. all that stuff. Laying in all the wrapping paper. Did sorry, did it come with like the trap and everything? Did you mention that? No, I think that came separately. But I do think I got that as well yeah. later. I don't think I got it at that time. But it had like a little pump thing that yeah. you would stomp <laughs> on it and open would up the yeah. little doors. And yeah, because yeah. I remember my friend had that. But I don't think he ever had the full pack. Yeah, yeah just the trap. Yeah, you yeah. Would play that thing all the time. And it came with like a little armband and like a little membership card oh, and all this awesome. kind of stuff. So you were like an official Ghostbuster. Speaking of the real Ghostbusters, uh, did you? You guys see that they are re-releasing the high high C ecto cooler. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. And, like that's like my number one thing that like I I wish would come back as yeah. far as like food or drink wise. Like I can't wait for that. Thing. I, I guess it's because of the the all girl sequel yeah. or, or remake that they're coming out with. Yeah. 
My yeah, I actually have two gifts um, that I, I thought of. One of them I got, one of them I didn't get. I'll start with the one I didn't get, so I can end on a high note. But there was something I had dreams about having. I wanted it so bad, and I asked for it for Christmas. I think at least two years, maybe three years in a row. And it probably just was too expensive. I don't even know how much it cost. But I was super into Power Rangers. Oh. And I like – my favorite color was green. So as soon as they had the Green Ranger, even when he was evil at that one point, like I was all Green Ranger centric. And I was pissed off when they changed him to the White Ranger. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted so bad the flute that he used to summon oh, yeah. the Dragon Zord. Mm. It was like this electronic flute where you push the button and it made the yeah. noise. And it made this noise. <laughs> and I wanted it so bad. And asked, asked my parents for it probably a couple years in a row and just never got it. For whatever reason, and the, never got it. The thing what is about Power Ranger toys is that they were so hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Like I think Why? I think Jingle All the Way was kind of ba- loosely based on like oh. the Power Ranger craze. Oh. I don't know if they were just so underprepared for like the massive hit that it would become, but Maybe. like I feel like nobody else had a problem with like like you never had trouble getting like Ninja Turtles or something. Yeah, something they sure. had aisles and aisles of it. But it's like I just remember my parents saying like how much of a pain it was to try and find huh. the the toys and all that stuff. Like I don't know what it was. Yeah, I, I always used to play Power Rangers with my friends, and I thought that would be the thing that would cement, cement me as the Green Ranger forever. You know, you always yeah. try to like fight over who's who. You know. And it's like, no, I'm the Green Ranger. I have the flute. I have to be the Green Ranger and uh, just never got that trump card. That was one was toy that – relegated to being the Blue Ranger. That was one toy that, like I said, I would have a friend that I used toy used for toys and I borrowed that flute from him. Yeah. <laughs> <The> dagger. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean it doubled as a dagger. That's right. Um, I was so sad that I never got it and I think I – I think I wanted it even years later. I was just like, man, I wish I had that thing. But – on to the gift that I did get, mm. and this actually was earlier in my life. I remember going to the mall and just – I mean obviously asking Santa for it. But like whenever we would go to the mall and they would be on display, I mm-hmm. would sit in front of them and stare at them, like the display of, of them. <laughs> like, and just like basically trying to drop the huge hint to my mom that I wanted it really bad. Asked her all the time for it. Asked my dad all the time for it. And – uh, that thing was the Sega Genesis. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's probably circa 90, 91. Uh, probably 91, 92, somewhere yeah, in that so area. Yeah, I, I would have said two. Um, sure confirm this. Ah, uh, man, I wanted it so bad. Saw the Sonic the Hedgehog. And it was never interested really in Super Nintendo. I don't even know if it was out around the same time, but like I, all I know was Sega Genesis was the thing that I wanted. And, and it looked awesome. Oh, like it was it black amazing. and the controller had like yeah. – it almost looked like wings or something on it. Yeah. It was really uh-huh. cool. Looking. It had it had three buttons as opposed to Nintendo's yeah. A and B button. So it, I just I, – I asked for it probably for months and months and months. And then Christmas morning, woke up and as I told you, my parents um, set out all of our presents and didn't wrap them. I walked out and I looked at the TV monitor and Sonic the Hedgehog was <laughs> – on the TV. Ready to go. It was hooked up ready for oh, me to play awesome. it. And like it still stands out to me as one of my favorite Christmas mornings ever because I was so excited to get it. And boy, did I play that thing. Uh, we we played that Sega for years and years. And That's even great. even after 64 came out, I would still play the Sega. And uh, it was one of the best gifts I got. Yeah. yeah Come it, to think of it, I think I got that for one Christmas too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was amazing. Wikipedia says it was released August fourteenth, nineteen eighty nine, in the north in North America. Wow, eighty nine. Yeah, so maybe it had a little ramp up time. Yeah, yeah maybe it, it did. Like to get popular, that kind of yeah. thing. But they stopped selling it in uh, nineteen ninety nine. So they stopped, stopped in ninety nine. Manufacturing them. Wow, which is interesting. That's a long run. Yeah, they had a good run there for sure. Yeah, yeah all rem- sixteen bits. <laughs> yeah, yes. And then I think they had a thirty two bit they version yeah. that mm-hmm. they upgraded. Yep. I only had the sixteen bit. Same here. Yeah. I mean I I wore I loved Sonic. I wore that game out and then Sonic two came out, got that, Sonic three came out, got that, Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles came yeah. out. I got that, which by the way, that had an opening slot on the top of it, so you could put Sonic three in it, oh. and then play as Knuckles in Sonic Three. How do they which do that? Back was then? so awesome. I have no idea. And actually, I was speaking of that. I was just randomly. I was talking to somebody yesterday about Game Genie. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. 
That is the most amazing piece of technology. Right? I've I never understood no how it works. I have no idea like, to this day. I've actually just, looked it yeah, up. And it, it plugged just like, in and then the cartridge plugged in on top of it, right? Yeah, and it would interrupt the signal and modulate the whole game. And like it was, it's crazy yeah. to think that it worked on games that were not designed to have that totally working in it. Like I mean, you think now like cheat codes exist within game be- predetermined. Mm-hmm. And it could go and be like, oh, you have infinite lives now. You are not going to die in Super Contra. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was the craziest thing in the whole wide world. I have no idea. How and they had it for every car- cartridge game all the way yeah. up to 64. Yeah. And I remember I were using it for my 64 and just doing – like looking up online different codes you can put in to alter. Like I had um, WCW NWO Revenge or whatever and like just the craziest mods you could do to the wrestling game to have them – fight on tables and breakaway tables and yeah. you know, pull out random weapons that aren't even in the game. Change the yeah. physics. You can make it like, super high. All yeah. sorts of weird stuff. It it's amazing. crazy to me that none of the consoles seem to have given it pushback because I remember it was advertised everywhere. Yeah. And like you look in like GamePro magazine or something and there'd be a tons of ads for that. So it's like, it's like it's weird that the console games didn't resist it, which you would think they would now because it's basically like hacking the game. Yeah. Yeah. And making it – either it would uncover stuff that was programmed for it but then taken away. So it, like for some reason it's still you can unlock it. It was in the game but only with the Game Genie or it was just certain mods that used certain pixels or something. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean this is, I'm, is very technological speak that I'm saying right here. But <laughs> <laughs> No, but I remember it being like – looking back on it, it was maybe a few months or so ago. I remember looking it up, trying to figure it out in my adult brain to see if I could get my head around it. And I could, but what I did find is that it, apparently it was a huge, uh, like, copyright controversy at the time. Really? Like, they could not get their heads around, like, are we hacking the game? Are we intermodulating the game? Are you changing the game enough to make it a new game? And, like, I guess it really affected copyright going wow. forward. Like, I could huh. try to look it up and figure it out. But yeah. I feel like I can find that article that I found back then, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this, like, changed copyright yeah. from this point forward. It's really interesting. Uh, but then they started putting them on CDs and... There you go. Yeah, and it kind of you know ruined all that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, that, I wonder if that was a big reason why they switched to CDs or something like that at that point. I mean, maybe? obviously, technologically, oh, yeah. it was possible since the yeah. 80s. Yeah, it was right after that. I just figured CDs could hold more data. So Perhaps. Just, yeah. Know, went to that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so now to our, I guess, main event, if you will, of the mm. podcast for bringing back Good, Bad, Ugly. Now, if you are not familiar with this game, it's really simple. We name three things, one thing from our childhood that is good, that we really loved, one thing from our childhood that we label as bad, and this is kind of a guilty pleasure, something that is so bad that it's good to us, that it really shouldn't be something we're obsessed with or that we loved, but it is. And then there's ugly, where it's like, yeah, this was not good. No, not good at all. Not good at all. So We're going to lock it up. I'm going to lock it up. So we'll start with the good category. Yeah. Colin, what is your good from Christmas? All right. So we've sort of touched on this topic already, but my absolute good is Home Alone. Again, we're going to bring that back around. And the reason I'm bringing it back around is because if you really look at that movie, there are so many plot holes in that movie. And there's a lot of controversy around it on the internet. However, it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter. But it's like, you know, there's a whole point where... If you haven't watched it, spoilers ahead. However, get with the times. <laughs> yeah, new pause Roman. this and watch Home Alone if you've never seen it. I, I don't um, know why you'd be listening to it. But if you haven't watched it yet, you know you definitely should. But there's a point where uh, there's two things that have to deal with the phones. One, um, he calls the cops and says, "My house across the street is being robbed. My name is Murphy, whatever." And goes and then sends them over there. Why would he not have just called the cops and had them come to his house at 9 p.m., which is exactly what he knew they were going to show up? foolish but made the story more interesting because that just kind of shows that maybe kevin was a really weirdo and wanted to hurt people right or two the other one that is crazy is remember like the whole premise of the movie is that the phone lines are down at the beginning of the movie and so his mom can't get a hold of them at the house whatever how did he order pizza from little nero's and do the whole prank on the pizza guy i've never thought of that maybe he had a cell phone wait a second ah, did he order online no (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm saying like the whole premise of that is like it made it really funny but how did he do it? Yeah. And I've only ever thought of it like, you know, and the thing there's, you know, holes in the in the thing where it's like, you know, the power went out. But maybe it was only for their house, right, at the top. So that's why at the beginning when they're giving in the van, the power guy comes over and says like, oh, ma'am, it's not going to – it's going to be a couple of days before we get your power yeah, back yeah. up. And she's like, whatever, and because they're leaving. Yeah. But so if it was the whole pow- – if it was only their house, then obviously the phone lines would be down for yeah. just their house. Mm-hmm. So did he go across the street to order pizza and have it delivered to his own house? 
Or anyway, there's a whole lot of interesting things with that. Or it's a kid's movie and they're just like, eh, screw yeah. it. But the fact that like <laughs> even like our adult brains just like totally look past that is a huge facet of yeah. like, what makes movie magic a thing. Like the fact you're like, nah, the suspension of disbelief. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, totally. And like all um, the houses had automatic timers. So I wonder if the power went out, that would offshoot it. So yeah, that's they right. would just kind of reset the, the, the automatic light so they wouldn't even work anyway. Yeah, it was such a crazy thing. But I mean, just the magic of that movie, John Williams with the score. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, fun fact, did you know that the part of that score like, da, 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 yeah, that's based off the sound that when that you can turn your seatbelt on and off in an airplane. So like, is the sound? Oh the, wow, are you serious? Wow. So you started the whole thing. It's all like plane based, which is like, uh, gosh, that, he's a genius. genius. But John Candy in there, Catherine O'Hara, which is like you know waiting for Guffman, right? And you know, best in show. Um, John Hughes, Hughes yeah. like what didn't he write from the eighties? John, John Hughes, like, man, we, rest in peace, man. man. Oh my gosh, he was just on his game. The, yeah, I mean, the the golden hero of the eighties, nineties. Yeah, and like what we all owe to John Hughes for yeah. like, forming so many memories in our brains and what we thought were like rites of passage to yeah. become adults and all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff. Made us feel normal as kids and teenagers. Yeah, yeah I mean, the Breakfast Club, uh, God, Sixteen Candles. candles. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, this he was just Weird like science. on his game. Yeah. It was a magical time. But I f- always felt like you know, even Little Nero's Pizza is such a clever yeah. thing. Like, didn't want Little Caesars. Like, they couldn't get the licensing for Little Caesars, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but they got <laughs> Little, Little Nero's, Nero's, which is genius. Yeah, and but they had to get some licensing because they always had like you know the Frito Lay bags and Coke and right. Fuller Easy on the Pepsi. Well, you know, like, there's a whole lot of licensing they did get. But Little Caesars was like, nah, I'm, yeah, I'm this sure, is going to be a bust. I'm sure there's like a system that they go through where it's like, hey, you can be featured in our movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like kind of like an ad- advertisement kind of thing. I, yeah. I guess the same thing went through with Toy Story where they tried to get Barbie in there and Mattel's like, nope. Right. Yeah. yeah. Eventually. Yeah. So, anyways, and then they're so. like, oh, crap, this is a, like one of the biggest <laughs> movies of all time. We yeah. can be in your second one. Yeah, one thing that always bugged me about uh, Home Alone is that he always he fixed like his nice like mac, 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 uh, macaroni and cheese meal like right at the time that the burglars were supposed to come. Like he knew exactly what time they would come, and he fixes it, sits down, and then the clock strikes. Uh, was it eight or nine o'clock nine. or whatever? Yeah. And I'm like, always bugged me. Like you, you, you knew, you knew, you did all this <laughs> yeah. other stuff. You planned so well for everything else except your own sustenance. <laughs> You can't get everything right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Look what you did, you little jerk. Uh, <laughs> you dressed like a chicken. Uh, but yeah, there's so many good – and yeah. there's even like little like plot holes in it. But it just makes it so magical of like when uh, – uh, Burglar 2. What is his name? What? Daniel Marv? Stern? Daniel Stern. Moff. Okay. Yeah, when he's like goes in the basement first and he gets all of his like shoes taken off, puts a foot in the nail. And then the next gag when he comes back upstairs and goes in the window only works because his shoes are off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm. when he steps on the ornaments. Like there's just so many like little things you're like – how did Kevin know that? Yeah. yeah, but that's what made that movie so magical. Is it all just worked? Like yeah. I thought that was so awesome. One fun fact about uh, Daniel Stern: he was the uh, voice in the Wonder Years, like yeah. the, Kevin's inner monologue. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the same wow. guy. I think I'd heard like, that, but I, that's a great. Like I about that. you would never even even knowing that, like you would never recognize his voice no, in yeah. that way. He yeah. doesn't sound the same wow. or anything like that. But it's it's mind blowing yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, but, he, he was also in that widely successful movie uh, Bushwhacked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> widely <laughs> successful, <laughs> widely mocked by most. But anyway, yeah, that for me is the good for sure. Like Home Alone, I just I have to watch yeah. it every every every. It year. also has you know some of those kids. Uh, I mean, obviously it has Macaulay Culkin's little brother, but mm-hmm. like oh, it yeah. has Big Pete yeah. uh, from Pete. From Pete, Pete. Yeah, yeah. It has like one or two people, one or two kids that were in Mighty Ducks and some other like yeah. 90s movies. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's anyway. fantastic. Yeah, that's a that's a great movie worth bringing up again. Yeah, I know it's another repeat, but man, I just I had to revisit it. It's so good. Yeah. All right, Wes. All right, bust out your hot chocolate, light the Christmas tree, and cozy up next to the fire with this holiday classic that I'm sure every <laughs> single one of you watch every single Christmas. Nice intro. This is and, amazing. And that movie is Gremlins. Oh, wow. And I I'm, I'm sure most of you have heard of this movie, but I bet most of you never thought of this as a Christmas, uh, Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, I always defend it like whenever someone's like – no, that's not a Christmas movie. It's like most people probably haven't seen it in like 20 years or something. But it completely is just like uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't know if you know that. Oh, wow. I don't know but that. Uh, mm-hmm. like something – like the movie starts out. The dad is trying to buy a, pr- a Christmas present for his son and it ends up being Gizmo. And uh, the, the, the title screen for Gremlins is a red logo over uh, a snow-covered uh, town with a Christmas song playing. 
There's a wonderful life playing on the TV. Corey Feldman is delivering their family Christmas tree. How could you get more yeah. Christmas than Corey Feldman delivering a or Christmas tree? Or more 80s. Yeah, definitely. And one of the most memorable scenes uh, to me from this movie is when Phoebe Cates uh, tells a story about why she doesn't celebrate Christmas. It's the most like disturbing thing I've ever heard about Christmas is that her dad went missing on Christmas and a few days later they found out that he was trapped in the, the chimney. He had and he was dressed as Santa Claus. He wanted to surprise his family, dressed as Santa Claus, and he had died in the chimney. Oh my gosh. Which is so like dark. scarring as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh gosh. Uh yeah, and it's just like it's such a, a good like Christmassy creature feature kind of thing where it's like it's funny but it's also like kind of scary, but it's so over the top and I feel like it really embraces that kind of ridiculous premise and uh, I really loved it as a kid. I even had like a little plush gizmo uh, doll <laughs> that I had that I carried around everywhere and it's such a, like an extremely like iconic thing from the 80s that I always think of. Oh, yeah. And uh, one thing that's funny about it is it was rated PG but it was uh, that movie and Indiana Temple of Doom introduced uh, the PG-13 rating because oh, kids were so like terrified by it. They're mm -hmm. like – it can't be like rated R because it's not like that bad. But it's like uh, Steven Spielberg said, why don't you make like something in between PG and rated R and that ended up starting the PG-13 rating. Oh, I didn't know that. That's that is interesting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to me because I feel like that makes me wonder why like Back to the Future didn't get PG-13 because Gremlins came out in like 84. Yeah. So – 85, yeah. Uh, so like you know, Back to the Future, even Back to the Future 2 where they say you know, some strong curse words yeah. which you don't think off the top of your head but then you watch it with family or kids and then you're like, oh. Yeah. Um, and it's like I, I wonder what the standards were then back then yeah. for PG-13. It's funny you mention that because – uh, the, they used the same set for Gremlins as the Hill Valley set oh, really? in Back to the Future. <laughs> like oh, that wow. movie theater for that the Gremlins go in, that's yeah. the same movie theater that Marty McFly oh, like, the runs adult, into. Uh, the adult movie theater? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like – it's so funny. Like you can completely tell that they're the exact mm. same set. Well, I actually haven't seen Gremlins all the way through. I've only seen uh, like uh. – Half of it, and it's because I I kind of saw it as a kid. Yeah. I just was kind of creeped out by it, and it, it rubbed me the wrong way. So I just didn't. It kind of it kind of scared me a little bit. It's so funny it, because it's like grotesque. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because like I was fine with the yeah. original one, but for some reason the sequel scared me because. They had a talking gremlin in the sequel. Oh, and yes, for some weird. reason, that terrified me. I'm like, oh, he's self-aware. He can talk. And <laughs> like, he has glasses. That's so scary. Yeah. And I think the poster scared me too because it was like an ominous like shot of him sitting in like a high-rise office with mm. like just his hand sitting there oh. in a chair or whatever. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I just pulled that up. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, I remember that. that. Out. I don't know why the original one didn't scare me whatsoever. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, so you mentioned Gremlins and Colin, you mentioned Home Alone. You know, they have a mutual connection there. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I think Steven Spielberg produced Home Alone, right? Uh, or maybe not. Either way, they have a mutual connection there. Chris Columbus directed yes. Home Alone. Chris Columbus wrote Gremlins. Really? I didn't know that. Right. So he's got his hands. He knows how to do kids' movies. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, not in Gremlins. I don't, I don't, that's probably not a kids' movie, right? It, I mean, it kind of is, but it's like it's be, a rough movie. Yeah, maybe, yeah, since it's PG-13, I guess it can't be um, hailed as one. But I mean, you know, he did, Chris Columbus did Home Alone. Obviously, he directed the first two Harry Potters, which mm -hmm. is the most like magical and childish mm -hmm, yeah. Harry Potter kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, he did some uh, a few others where it's like, man, Chris Columbus, he just found his niche there. Another fun fact is that Howie Mandel did the voice for Gizmo. That was like oh, one really? of his first like, oh, okay. like voice, like voice gigs. And yeah, like, yeah, before like Bobby's pitched. World? Yeah, before Bobby's World <laughs> <Wow>. and then <laughs> Deal or No Deal. You know? <laughs> his other, the only two things we know. His other runaway hit. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is funny because our parents know Howie Mandel is like from, from other things. Other yeah. Than, yeah, not Bobby's World. <laughs> not from our child because we were kids during his peak and obviously Bobby's yeah. World. They know him from America's Got Talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> – my good is also a movie, but I don't think it was ever released in theaters. And I was actually debating between two movies, one that I think was just a TV special and one that was released in theaters. Both of them are basically the same thing, and that's Mickey's Christmas Carol and The Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, yeah. 
Both of them I loved. Both of them are very nostalgic to me. Mickey's Christmas Carol more so because that was just earlier in my life. Yeah. And we'd watch it every Christmas. We had it recorded on VHS. And, I, you know, I still – even I'm trying to just reach into my memory and remember scenes from it. I, I barely remember scenes from it. I remember kind of Goofy was the uh, uh, um, the go, like ghost uh, – was it Bob Cratchit? That is the ghost that visits uh, Scrooge. Marley. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's Marley. Marley yeah. That's right, Marley. Um, Bob, Bob Cratchit is the is, his helper. Is, is, yeah. yeah. Okay. But anyway, so it was really it was really kind of scary to me. But I guess all Christmas carols kind of are scary. Yeah, it's a very dark story. The ghost visiting him and yeah. stuff like that. Not as scary but, as the Jim uh, Carrey one that they just made a little while ago. But that one's scary for different <laughs> oh, yeah, reasons. <laughs> yes, because his soulless eyes. Yeah, um, but. Uh, Mickey's Car- Christmas Carol for me was just just one of those where it's like from the beginning, you know, like it opens up in the credits and has like this kind of animated like Mickey as Bob Cratchit at the table or whatever. And Scrooge McDuck, I th- he may have been birthed out of this. I don't know. Probably no. should have looked this up. Before yeah, the po- I always thought podcast, that was a weird but, connection. I didn't know if that was the reason why they called yeah. Scrooge. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe I should look that up and, and get back to. Um, you guys – or you guys can look it up while I'm talking. Um, but it, 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 Scrooge McDuck obviously played Scrooge and it was just a really great telling of that story and probably the first – like the introduction to that story that I had as a kid. Yeah. And uh, while it is kind of creepy at times and spooky as most old kids' things are, uh, it just holds a special place in my heart. And then there's Muppets Christmas Carol, which came out a little later – but is my favorite Muppets movie, period. Yeah, it's definitely good. I can watch that over and over mm-hmm. again every Christmas one. and not get tired of it. Michael Caine plays Scrooge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's obviously awesome. Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> the size of a tangerine. <laughs> Some men must Wayne just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> um, he obviously is great in it. But there's great music in it too. Just mm. like it's a musical and – it's just – it's super well done. You have Gonzo and Rizzo telling the story. They're like the narrators but they're kind of interacting with the scene um, and they, they kind of they, – you know, obviously they're telling the story. So they're, they're in the scene but they're breaking the fourth wall and then it also gets really creepy where they kind of have – you know, they're ghosts which are not Muppets you've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. They're their own like weird – this weird girl that's floaty. She's the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> yeah. and she's super creepy. Yeah. Um, and then you have a giant, uh, yeah. huge guy that's the ghost of Christmas present. Basically a human in a suit. Yeah. 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 Um, and then you have death who's just obviously the cloaked death looking uh, ghost of Christmas future. And uh, so it, it had its, its kind of scary moments but like just kind of the magicalness of it made up for it. Like I was never terrified mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And it's just a wonderful telling of the story. And if you haven't seen it, I completely – even if you're an adult, go and watch it. You'll love it unless you just for some reason hate great joyful things or you don't like musicals or whatever. <laughs> or puppets. Um, or don't puppets. Don't if you like puppets. <laughs> yeah, if you're scared of puppets. Or, yeah, you'll probably hate it. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so those are, those are kind of my good together. Um, so moving on to bad, Colin, what is your bad thing from Christmas? The so so bad that it's good. Uh, the so bad that it's good that I have is one that I actually haven't gone back and watched because I want it to stay <laughs> bad and good in my head at the same time. I think if I go back and watch it, it'll just turn to bad only mm. and I'll be really disappointed. So it's staying like so bad it's good in my head. And that is uh, Alf's Special Christmas. I don't know if you guys ever <laughs> watched that by chance. I don't I know not, if I've ever seen that. I, uh, I looked up the year, but it was in 1987 is when it was first released. So I don't think I watched it when it first came out. Yeah. But I remember watching that like year over year. And it was never like a thing I owned. I just remember always catching it on TV and always being like, I didn't even watch Alf. But I was like, but Alf's Christmas Special. Like. Yeah, and I get just behind all, that. I was always watching it, and I remember like looking at the story, and it was really sad and kind of messed up. And like, there's like a dying kid and like a a suicidal cab driver and all sorts of stuff. And it's yeah. like, I remember it being like a real story. I'm like, oh man, like Alf's really solving the world's problems <laughs> over Christmas. Alf's getting dark. And I probably would go back and watch it now, and it's probably so dumb, but. For whatever reason, it holds a good spot in my brain and in my heart from me being a child. I was like watching it year over year and I don't mm-hmm. remember if I watched it with anyone or if I was just watching it alone by myself on the three channels I got on the TV in my yeah. room. But man, it was one that I watched all the time. Man, Alpha's is another thing that's like so iconic to oh, the man. 80s. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Funny though, too. Yeah. Like that show was it, funny. Yeah, it was ahead of its time comedically, which is pretty great. We just had three like puppet things right in a row. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> talk about your puppet fears that you now have if you didn't have when you began. Yeah. Right. By the way, I have started watching the new Muppets, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, great. I need to jump in on that. It's one. really, it's that. really funny. Okay, that's a good recommendation. I'll anyway, that. moving on. That's me. <laughs> All right, my bad is uh, another thing that's extremely iconic to the 80s for me and uh, which I guess like it's a guilty pleasure but I stand by it. Uh, it's a Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas special. <laughs> yes. and it came out in 1988 <laughs> and I feel awesome. like Pee-wee was, was such like a good kid show because it thought like a kid. Like mm-hmm. it was so random and like ADD and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff yeah. and like even the way that he talked, I can't do an impression of him but yeah. like his voice was all over the place and like what's the secret word and like <laughs> ah! and just all this kind of stuff but the, the Christmas special was like the best like example of like that, that uh, TV show. And uh, of course, it had Pee Wee Herman, the man child that he is, yeah. dressed mm-hmm. up in his gray suit and red bow tie. And it had like a lot of random uh, guest stars for the time that, like, as a kid, I had no idea who any of them were because I was probably like four or five when it came out. It was like, had Oprah, Whoopi Goldberg, Joan Rivers, and wow. he even uh, went. Uh, sledding with Magic Johnson. Uh, he taught Little Richard how to ice skate and Cher reveals the secret word, which is year. <laughs> and there was like a, a singer that I have never even heard of called Grace Jones did sung the Little Drummer Boy and she looks like the equivalent of Lady Gaga. Hmm. Like she was dressed huh. in this like really wacky uh, outfit. Yeah, and I'm it not seemed familiar very, with the very inappropriate for the time. Yeah. It was very awkward to mm. watch. And uh, the whole story was Pee-wee was trying to uh, – uh, he made an enormous Christmas list of like of like an enormous amount of stuff. And at the end, uh, Santa Claus came to give him his presents and Santa Claus mentioned that like uh, I here's your presents. But I don't have any more presents to give to the rest <laughs> of the world because you asked for so much. So mm. Pee-wee has that like moment of like – uh, Christmas is for everybody else and like it's about giving and all this stuff. So he gave oh. up all of his Christmas uh, gifts and stuff. But yeah, I love Pee Wee. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I We weren't allowed to watch Pee Wee Herman because of his off the screen antics. But uh, <laughs> I actually <laughs> never – I never wanted to watch Pee Wee. Just like I remember trying to watch it a couple times and that one freaked me out. Yeah. As a kid. Maybe I was just a little scared kid but like you know, talking furniture and just it was – I don't know what it was. It mm. creeped me out. Yeah. So I just never got it. It was like it. Tim Burton uh, directed the Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yeah. like the first movie. Yeah. So like I'm sure that, that that kind of like off-puttingness kind of carried over to his TV show. Yeah. But, it was certainly yeah. intentional in his style. Like yeah. He yeah. wants to like make you feel something even if it's weird and you don't want to repeat it. You still <laughs> felt it. Like, yeah. Ah. And but he's yeah, coming out with weird. like a, a new Netflix special next early next year called uh, – Pee-wee's big holiday, I think, that oh, they're nice. filming now. So it would be interesting to see, like, what take. Mm-hmm. If he's, so like, it's a new Christmas special or well, holiday it, special. It, he's traveling around or whatever. So I don't know if it's a Christmas special because it's being released in March, I think. So mm-hmm. I don't know why it's called Big Holiday, but interesting. We'll see. Yeah. There's holidays then too. Don't That's assume. true. Yeah. Uh, like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. It's and a big one. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Flag Day is probably in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then like every month. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, my my bad. My bad. Is, okay. So <laughs> I told you guys before I had a really hard time because I I kind of have for my bad and ugly. I actually still really like both of them, but I had to just choose which one was the ugly. So I chose this one for the bad. You know, so so bad it's good and. I may regret putting this one, not not having this one as the ugly. But this was uh, actually music that my family used to listen to all the time. So everybody – or a lot of people have their uh, their nostalgic Christmas music that their mm-hmm. family grew up listening to. Like some people, it's like – Like John oh, Tesh? We, yeah, John Tesh. My parents <laughs> listened to a Yanni Christmas album or yes. whatever. Um, Live at the Coliseum. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like – and that influences people, right? So mm-hmm. my wife talks about how much she loves really old style Christmas music. So mm-hmm. like, you know, twenties and thirties, like Crosby, Bing Crosby and stuff. yeah, that kind of Prince era of Christmas music. And yeah. the reason was because her parents always listened. Uh, the they like they had a CD with a compilation of all of those, and that's what they listened to every mm-hmm. year. The Rat Pack. So 
mine is very indicative of how my family is. It's actually a parody Christmas album <laughs> where it's uh, it's called Twisted Christmas, and it came out in the late '80s, and it's all Christmas songs, but parody. Uh, to give you an example, there's there's some originals and there's some parodies. Uh, one original, and this actually, Wes, you reminded me of this earlier when you talked about it, called The Chimney Song, a song uh, uh, that's sung by a little girl talking about how there's something stuck up in the chimney and she doesn't know what it is. Uh, and the lyrics are, there's something stuck up in the chimney and I don't know what it is, but it's been there all day long. And then like every time she sings that chorus, it goes to week, it goes to month, it goes to year. Oh my god! And she talks about like what is going on. Starting to smell real bad? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Basically. Um, which really morbid, you know, yeah. but as a kid, we loved it. And Gosh. then there – OK. So then there's the parodies. Uh, there is instead of God rest you merry gentlemen, there is the restroom door said gentlemen, and so it's talking about them <laughs> bathroom humor forever going into the wrong bathroom even though it said gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> fa- fantastic stuff! And so I will play you an example. So this was a yearly tradition for your whole family. Yeah, we listen to Sing it them all in the round. Listen to it every Christmas. And here's another one which is probably not appropriate for children, but we loved it, and uh, it's called. Walking around in women's underwear. Lacy things, the wife is missing. Didn't ask for her permission. I'm wearing her clothes, her silk pantyhose. Walking around in women's underwear. So, so that you, is that is what we listen to did you every have a year. Skewed version of like what those Christmas uh, songs were originally. Like these were the songs that you sang. Oh, like them. totally. Like every time I hear "Walking Around" and or "Walking in a Winter Wonderland," I think "Walking Around in Women's Underwear." Oh my god! And it still makes me laugh. Like I think they're hilarious lyrics. And again, I was a kid and. Some might deem that very inappropriate for kids to listen to, but uh, it, I, I found it hilarious, funny. and I never – it was never like to me like, oh, they're you know, they're guys who like to cross-dress or whatever. It was just like, <laughs> oh, that's funny, a guy wearing women's underwear. That's just hilarious. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And there's even a lyric in that one where it's like uh, in the office, there's a guy named Melvin. He <laughs> pretends that I am Murphy Brown. So it's very uh, – <laughs> Early reference. He'll say, "Are you ready?" We'll say, "Whoa, man! Let's wait until the wife is out of town." Oh my so, God. like, oh my really dirty lyrics. Uh, Scandalous. Yeah. So, mm. it, it, you can probably find all of them on YouTube. I just played that via YouTube, and just take a listen to them. Gosh, they are legitimately funny. You know, like I, there was no way I could put this as ugly because it still makes me laugh. Um, so this – and this is so – like I said, so indicative of how my family is. We're very lighthearted, joking around all the time. My dad is the ultimate in dad puns. So uh, this is – yeah, this is our Christmas tradition. It's fantastic. It's your dad on a CD basically. It, oh, with a, it totally With the Christmas is. theme. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Great. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really good. So Colin, what is your ugly? Uh, all right. So my ugly was going to – I was going to go really easy and just say one that we would all accept and you know, boo and hiss. And I was going to say uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer because we all just wish that was gone. At least I can maybe speak yeah, for everyone totally. in the entire world and wish that song would never come back Yeah, uh, very openly. But um, I instead went, um, which you guys probably remember this pretty well, is the, the Furby oh. and the <laughs> yeah. craze that ensued around oh, the Furby, uh, which had originally retailed for like 13 or $14, something like crazy like that. But then it spiked. Uh, <laughs> uh, right around yeah. Christmas in 1998 – it got wild. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were selling for like $100 in stores. Like the actual, like, Toys R Us was marking it up to $100. Man. And then, like, in the newspapers and on, like, whatever was before eBay <laughs> classifieds, you could get them for, like, $300 and $400. Wow. My God. And they were so dumb. They yeah. were such a stupid toy. They weren't even cool, like Tickle Me Elmo or something like that. Yeah. Like, they were just dumb. Yeah. And it was just a matter of, like, I will have this. It's like the people that collected Beanie Babies yeah, that I'm yeah. sure Absolutely. super regretted. Yeah. Just because. Look, like, these are going to be valuable one day. Yeah. Wrong. And I well, think, some of them are, by the way. Some of them uh, are. Yeah, now are coming like, back around. The nine people that will buy those from each other all yeah. need to go and sit in a room and cry it out. Yes. They're just <laughs> frustrated in life, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but like for me, the Furby thing, like I could just never get into it. Even like and then I was in the eighth grade and I was like, this is stupid. And mm-hmm. I remember like having conversations with some of my friends and their parents and being like, 
maybe we should go get a bunch of them. Like, can we maybe drive to like a rural town where they won't have been popular yet and go buy them out? And I'm like, listen to yourself. Like, <laughs> this is retarded. Get yourself They're together. so ridiculous. And so anyway, I just, that was one of the things I just wish, like Furbies, even now, like when I, somebody sees somebody that has one, I'm like, oh, you fell for the yeah. trap. Or, yeah, they, they come, come back, I think. It's yeah, like they have like to a come resurgence. Back. And I was like, oh, yep. no, my gosh. It's and so it, dumb, it's so. funny because like uh, they always reminded me of Gremlins. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, they and gizmo, they came out with with a gizmo version of it yes. eventually, which I thought was awesome. Uh, uh, do you remember the rumors that circulated around it? Where it that was, it was like, actually listening. That like, it was yeah. They're like like Japan was hiding cameras or whatever. Yeah, like it was yeah. like and, and spying on people. Yeah, and now we're just fine having a FaceTime camera on all of our laptops. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, Furby's maybe something listening that is Wi-Fi. so easily hackable to <laughs> yeah. people who know how to do those things. So. My uh, grandmother. Uh, it was kind of like that following spring when they weren't like as popular anymore. She started collecting them and like had them up like kind of in her living room and she would like have them all sing together and all that because they would <laughs> so interact creepy. together. Yeah, they really she got weirdly into them wow. for some reason and like she bought like each of us one. So I had one. I was like uh, 14 years old having a Furby and I'm like yeah. – and like you could not turn it off. Like it would just sit there and if you didn't – interact with it for a while it'd be like bling bling hello yeah, and yeah. like all this kind of stuff and it was the most <laughs> annoying I ended up, and like had a sensor on it so it'd fall asleep so i just put it in the closet hoping that it would just fall asleep like mm-hmm. and it, uh, it yeah. was the most annoying thing now you, uh, if i remember correctly the furby especially <clears throat> that specific year that it really blew up was part of like an unholy trinity of impossible gifts um, I remember it was Holiday Barbie was yes. another one of those where mm-hmm. it was just no one could get their hands on it. And I, I believe the other one was the N64 where it was just like those were the three hot gifts. There was the that uh, no Tickle Me Elmo on. that was – Oh, like, maybe yeah. that was part of it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just remember it was like three things that like everybody wanted. Maybe it was Tickle Me Elmo. Tickle Me Tickleby Belbo? Is that what I just I said? Think, That's I, think, it. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, Tickleby Belbo. Tickle, <laughs> it was a Tickleby Belbo. Yeah. And then uh, instead of the Burby. version. Yeah. Everybody it's, wanted it. Instead of the Burby. Um, <laughs> the <Sleepy>. for days. <laughs> but uh, do you guys remember that at all? Like it was just like yeah. – I feel like it was one – Like and each I, year I there was always was a, like a designated like sought after yeah. toy yeah. for no reason at all. It's and people just, like, just paying astronomical amounts yeah. of money to yeah. just get their hands on that hot toy or whatever yeah. thing. It looks like Tickle Me Elmo was 1996. Okay. that year. And then, Which uh, would make sense because didn't the N64 come around 96? Mm, yeah, I think it was around that time. That sounds right. Let me see if I can get a quick glance on the internet real quick. Um, yes, 96. Yeah. So you got to figure that out what that crazy year. element is. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So, yeah, it was either the Furby or the Tickleby Belbo. Uh, <laughs> Classic Tickleby Belbo. We're calling trademark on that right now. Let's see if yeah. I can sell some of those online. Yeah. Free Tickleby Belbo. Yeah, we need to, no, yeah, let's, let's box only. <laughs> We need to uh, come up with the Pass Forward podcast, Tickleby Belbos. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be rich. It's uh, little stuffed versions of the three of us. Yeah, but they're all like joined at the hip, so it's really <laughs> uncomfortable and unfun to play with. <laughs> and you, you tickle us and we just yeah. shout random movie references and stuff. Yeah, and all it does is walk around in women's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah, that was a, that was a great ugly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's a really good one. I hated Furbies. So anyway. All right. Since it's Christmas time and there's another huge event that's happening this month, which is Star Wars, I figured I would talk about the unspeakable Star Wars holiday Uh, special. And this has become somewhat of like a pop culture legend because like I didn't hear about this until like high school or something. But of course at that time, like the internet wasn't like really huge on like posting videos and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. like I didn't see it uh, until like a few years ago. And the only way that you could watch it is get like bootleg copies at conventions or something <laughs> like that. But it only aired one time in uh, November of 1978. And thanks to the internet, we can all watch it on YouTube or whatever. But it's bit, it, like uh, George Lucas has, has said, uh, if I ha- – hang on. If I had a time and a, a time and a hammer, I would track down every copy and smash it. <laughs> and, and like – Thanks, this, Mr. Lucas. This, this, Thanks for joining us yeah. for this podcast. Yeah, I really, really appreciate nice. it. Um, <laughs> you uh, sound funny. And this is the same guy that like invented Jar Jar Binks and like <laughs> was involved with Howard the Duck. So you yep. know that it has to be bad if he's saying that. And 
the basic premise is that uh, Chewbacca is trying to get home to his family to celebrate Life Day, Aww. which they never explain what Life Day is. It's just like this made-up holiday that like – Opposite of the Day of the Dead. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah, it's like – and. <laughs> <laughs> and the first like uh, I don't know six hours it seems like uh, is is uh, Chewie's uh, family, which are all Wookies. They're all like just grunting and yelling at each other with no subtitles, and it's basically like a Wookie uh, sitcom kind of a thing. And it's like if you if you can last like that first like twenty minutes or so, that's like the the first battle that you have to fight. Wait, so is there any dialogue at all, or is it just a whole? It bunch is, of but like that first time, it's just like <laughs> they're just like. Scrounging around, yelling at each other, and just <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Yeah, this is way better, mind. <laughs> I don't know. And like the three of their name is Lumpy, Mala, and Itchy. I guess Dopey and Sneezy were taken. <laughs> I guess so. But like, Itchy and Scratchy too. And yeah. one of them was a grand was a grandfather, and uh, it was just so bad. like I have not successfully uh, gotten through all of it. It's a two hour special, and uh, a couple of years ago I tried watching it through. Got halfway through, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I, fin- I can't finish <laughs> it. The next year yeah. I tried watching it with the riff tracks, the Mystery Science Theater oh, yeah. guys doing the commentary on it. Still only got halfway wow. through it, and it's like I have a very wow. like high tolerance for bad things. So yeah. like. If you can make it through it, God bless you. That's impressive. Like it is a terrible, terrible really? thing, and it also has like a variety show mixed in with it. So it has like guest stars and like all this kind of stuff, and uh, it, it has like Luke and Leia and Han Solo and they're kind of sprinkled about in there. And uh, Luke and there, Mark Hamill, you see him. He's like covered in makeup. Like he looks like a mannequin doll or something like that. And I found out that. In between – this aired in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Uh, so he got in uh, – evidently he got in a car wreck or something and disfigured his face like in this time mm. period. Yeah. So he had to get like his face like covered in makeup and like wow. just caked on. And that's why at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, he gets like mauled by like a, a uh, like an oh, ice right. monster or yeah. whatever to kind of make sense of like the scarring that oh. happens on his face. And apparently <laughs> Carrie Fisher, uh, Leia, she must have – I think she had a big coke problem at the time and she doesn't even re- remember recording it whatsoever. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Which if you, if you watched that uh, episode of like Good Morning America or whatever she was on recently, I don't know if you oh, watched yeah. it. Like I think she still has a coke problem. Oh, yeah. She's, she's crazy. She's out of her mind yeah. or like all of her brain cells are fried. Have you seen the 30 Rock episode with her on there? No. And she's, she plays this really crazy lady. It's oh, like wow. maybe this is actually how she is. Yeah. It's not a typecast. It's just who she is. But it is the weirdest thing. Like, not only is it bad, it's just weird. Like, there's like a Cirque du Soleil like scene of people like dancing on a chessboard kind of a thing, and the grandpa has like a virtual reality kind of thing that he puts over his head, and he watches a holographic version of a singer Diane Carroll. I don't, not really sure who that it is, familiar. but mm-hmm. it's extremely awkward because it seems like she's kind of seducing him in a weird way, yeah. and it's just like uh, through song. And uh, it is just the weirdest thing you'll ever mm. see. And, like, I don't understand how it got made. That yeah. sounds amazing and terrible. Yeah. Amazingly terrible. Amazingly indeed. terrible. Indeed. Yeah. Well, that's a great ugly one. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said before, I have an ugly, but I don't – I personally don't think it's ugly. I actually showed it to my wife last night, and she's like, I actually really like this. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I just kind of by default, it's, it's my ugly because of how old it is and, like, really – low rate it is and I don't know if you guys can come around and watch on my screen but real quick I'll give some background this is um, you know of this if you ever watched Bozo the Clown on WGN or if you grew up in the Chicago area obviously I was the the, the former version of of that and we used to watch Bozo every Saturday. It would come on WGN, one of those super stations like what TBS was <laughs> and uh, so it's like I tried to explain Superstations to my wife. I don't know if I, I really have a full grasp of it. But TBS and WGN, they were local channels, but they were able to broadcast nationally. And they, it, would be, it would be only available on cable and other markets, but in their own hometowns, it would be networked. So you could access TBS here in Atlanta by just rabbit ears. But if you wanted TBS any other place, you could, you'd get it on, t- on cable. Yeah, exactly. So um, – 
But that's you know that's why TBS aired nothing but Braves games all the time uh, up until about uh, ten years ago. So anyway, Bozo the Clown was a thing on WGN where it was local Chicago, but we used to watch it all the time. And I think this came from. Chicago public broadcasting that for some reason, even well into the 80s and 90s, they played these kind of claymation-like mm. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer type of uh, – it's not really – I don't know if I can call it a cartoon, but it, it's it's very, very old, like 50s. And it's in black and white oh, gosh. and it's to a song. There's actually two of them. I'm only going to play one of them It's getting so bad and I haven't even seen it yet. Uh, so <laughs> – it keeps digging and digging <laughs> and digging. Yes. So all of that said, this one is called Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe, Naturally. The Three Little Dwarfs. Um, so <laughs> It's got dwarfs too. <laughs> here, I'll just play it to you, play it to you and uh, if you want, you can watch it and try to comment. Uh, comment here. Old lady, okay. old lady, I know that Hard Rock and Coco and Joe. Now listen, my children, and you shall hear... A story fantastic, a story so queer. It's all about Santa and his helpers three. There's Hard Rock and Coco and Joe. Now Hart's the driver up there. Hard, hard Rock is such a metal name. Yeah, it's dwarf. And he shows him the way. Though old Santa really has no need for Joe. But takes him cause he loves him so. <laughs> oh, you lady, oh lady, I hate. Donner and Blitzen away, away. Oh, Since they wrote the song. Yeah. They are dead behind those eyes. I'm Coco. I'm Joe. I don't matter. So, yeah. So, you get the gist. This is a song about three dwarves that Santa uses. Two of them are very competent, and the other one's kind of this dumb guy who has a very low voice, but he's a dwarf. And, and looks Santa looks like creepy. A child. And Santa looks, hurt me. Yeah. looks like an old Asian man. He does look like an old Asian man in this. There's anything wrong with Gangly that. teak. And, uh, yeah, so if you guys want to watch it, it's on YouTube. Just uh, just YouTube Hard Rock Co- Coco and Joe and watch the whole thing. It's like a, a, a three-minute song about Hard Rock Coco and Joe. It's really cute. You know, it's lovely. But, like, it's not ugly to me because it's still... I don't know. It has so much nostalgia tied to me. Every yeah. time, every Christmas, we watch Bozo. And we're like, oh, yeah, it's Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe. And uh, <laughs> and it's the dumbest song. It's, uh, like, it's really dumb. It's really Erdo. dumb. Erdo. Please tell me you dress up as – all three of your siblings dress up as that for Halloween. Uh, totally. No, I wish. <laughs> I'm Hard Rock. <laughs> I'm Coco. Uh, I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, so funny, good. you know. And after showing this to my wife last night, she wants to do that every time. She's like, "I'm Hard Rock," and she keeps waiting for me to be on Coco. I want to hear your wife go, "I'm Joe." It's it's adorable. Sure, I did um, but yeah. So there, and there was another one called Susie Snowflake, which I feel like is a little bit more boring. But it's about basically the female version of Jack Frost about snow oh, okay. falling and stuff like that. And it's like this like little fairy princess coming down and. Um, and obviously, I could never relate to it in Florida, but uh, I'm sure it worked great for kids in Chicago. Mm. So, anyway, uh, I suggest at least taking a look at it on YouTube if you have never seen it, um, and you can get a good gauge as to what I'm talking about. And I, to this day, guys, I have brought this up to many different people. Not one person has yeah. been like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." But the thing is, is that. We saw it growing up in Florida. It was on WGN. So I know there are other people that grew up watching Bozo the Clown. Do you guys even know who Bozo the Clown is? I know Bozo the Clown, yeah. Okay. So most people know who Bozo the Clown is, but for some reason nobody remembers this playing during it except for me and my siblings. Not at all. Not me. So this is like super, super niche to end on. But uh, that wraps up our good, bad, and ugly. Oh, so good. So – and I guess that wraps up the podcast. The 80s and 90s. 80s and 90s. And this actually is a throwback to the 50s. That's a past, past, past That's uh, very, very past. Uh, Like Marty McFly would travel into the past and it still would be throwback to his parents in Mm -hmm. high school. So (laughs) – Yeah, so um, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you guys have a great Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever you celebrate. I hope it's great. And um, are you guys – by the way, you guys watching Star Wars? Uh, I am excited to watch Star Wars. I've actually never watched all of them. 
and I've watched four, five, and six. So I'm getting caught up. Yeah, like so the rest of America. I has. don't know if we have said this on the podcast before, but Colin actually had never watched Star Wars until very, very, yeah, all but very until recently. two weekends ago. So yeah, getting caught up and taking the uh, fast track to. Episode and seven. I, I know I went on this just great rant. Great. I'm sorry. Great as in Stellar. size. <laughs> as in size, also and in value. Uh, about Back <laughs> to the Future. And we probably didn't do Star Wars much ju- justice, but if you follow this podcast, you know that I was only just kind of semi into Star Wars. And uh, obviously, Colin didn't know anything about it until a couple yeah, weeks ago. I lived in a box until about six weeks ago, apparently. So if you're listening to this, hoping that we would go in depth about Star Wars, Sorry. Um, West can lead the it way goes on without one saying. Day. Yeah, it kind of goes without saying. Yeah. I'm definitely watching it on opening night, and uh, I'm excited. And, and for I it. got tickets in the same theater you did, so oh, we'll yes, be nice. seeing it at the exact same time. Yes. And yeah, we'll have good. much to talk about it, I'm sure. And it actually would be good for Colin to give his thoughts as a new Star yeah. Wars fan, hopefully, you're a fan of it. Yeah, I like that. But anyway, so yeah, that wraps it up for our podcast. Thanks a whole bunch for listening, guys. Uh, we love interacting with y'all, and we've gotten some great interactions so far on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at PassForwardCast. Um, give us, send us emails, guys. Uh, give us some some feedback, uh, and if you have any uh, things that you want to just riff with us about things that you love in Christmas specifically, you can tweet us or email us at PassForwardCast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. You can just search for PassForward Podcast. I'm sure it's Facebook.com slash PassForward Podcast. But, uh, I mean, you guys know how to work the interwebs. You can find us. We're you know, on SoundCloud, iTunes. Give us a rating on iTunes if you love what you hear. Give us a rating. And you've heard in the past we, ha- we like to uh, read reviews uh, from iTunes from time to time. If we like it, we'll read it on air, give you a shout-out, and we'll give you a shout-out even if you interact with us on Twitter sometimes. So, uh, yeah, we love community. We love speaking with you guys. So be sure to talk with us. And hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season. And yes. we will see you. And life day. And life day. <laughs> and we will see you in 2016. <laughs> that was loud. <laughs> Later, Snorks. Thanks, Julie. Adios.